Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fireside Chat for The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One, Arc 1. That's right, we are going to be covering everything, everything in the first 14 episodes. Wait, Erica, what the heck is a Fireside Chat? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Brennan, because a Fireside Chat is what we call the little episodes that we record after our show airs and put onto our Fireside, which is what we call the Patreon, so that the algorithms on social media don't kick us off. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. That's very funny. Gosh, I didn't know that's what is it, is that. That and because it's a lot cuter. Come cute. on, come on, come on. How to use branding to trick the machine over mine. Yeah. Brought to you by Erica Ishii. <laughs> All these little tips. If you would like to talk about your OnlyFins, uh, that's what you call it. Or you put a little at symbol or something yeah. instead of the A. <laughs> What if I want an actual spicy accountant? <laughs> I mean, you can do that, but just know that you, the algorithm might bury your request for one. Mm. Just go to H&R Block and just rub pure capsaicin all over. Yeah, I want a guy who's like, your 1099s are all over the place. <laughs> for for your OnlyFans? For... Hmm? Oh, you want... What? What? There's a there's a term that is used by some uh, OnlyFans creators where they call themselves a spicy, spicy. accountant. Oh, spicy accountant. Yes, yes that's right. And that's right. I was saying well, I want a literal version. I mean, of that. you say yeah. accountant is like definitely been a term for any. Anyway, I'm Erica Ishii. <laughs> uh, I'm here today joined by Abria Eingar. A hoo hoo and crackle crackle to you all. Now, what is a hoo hoo and crackle crackle? If you were a part of this beautiful fireside, you would know that we have a bunch, honestly, too many (laughs) sign-ons. These are some of them. And now you can say them and act like you've been in the know the whole time. Brennan. (laughs) That's me. I'm Brennan. Hi, gang. Uh, Thanks so much for coming by the fireside. Uh, We're so happy to have you. Uh, And so excited to jump into a big old breakdown recap, answer some awesome questions from fans over by the fireside for chapter one, the first 14 episodes of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One. And the last person on mic here in the room with us is... So something you have to understand is that (laughs) the actor and voice actor Lou Wilson, who normally... Voices Ursulon during the podcast does not attend most of the firesides because he is walking, he is circumventing the Americas. He's currently circumnavigating, perhaps. Cir- uh, he's circumventing. No, he's <laughs> dodging them. <laughs> left and right. Uh, he is circumnavigating the Americas. So I am here in his stead. Uh, I will be uh, chatting. Uh, I understand a lot of what he was going through while playing Ursulon, so I will be explaining to that, uh, explaining that. And speaking on his behalf, and my name is Jonathan Venus. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Venus might sound a lot like Lou Wilson. Sound, I sound yeah. a lot like he him, which is part lot. of the reason. Yeah. But I want you guys to know that this that that you are hearing Mr. <laughs> Venus. Brandon Lee Mulligan has his hands. You over can just his call eyes. me John. Massaging John. the or the orbitals yeah. of his eye sockets. And, yeah. and is there a hefty chance that after listening to the preludes in the first fourteen episodes, this is the first time you're hearing an episode of just the four of us talking? And by the four of us, I of course mean Abria, Erica, myself, yeah. and Jonathan. Jonathan Venus. Yeah, not Lou Wilson. Yeah, no. uh, yeah, for sure. It's probably your first time doing that, but. The important thing is Jonathan is here in Lou's stead. And if it feels confusing, you got to get by that fire. Let me tell you, for $5, this all makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But we're excited to come out here and introduce the public to what it's like uh, to be by the fireside. I mean, this plus even more unhinged nonsense. We stay um, on our bullshit on the Patreon. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's good. so good. <laughs> um, but I, this is, we're doing, we're we're here for more than just an advertisement for our incredible deal of a Patreon <laughs> that only costs you $5 a month to be by the fireside. Uh, <laughs> I think we've, we've could cross it off. All right, we've okay, we crossed that so off. Much. All right, uh, put it on the board. You can't <laughs> see this. We are all wearing houndstooth jackets, yes. like 1980s car dealership, like yes. being like, crazy Eddie's, come on down right now. Everything's gotta go. The room is filled with uh, those inflatable- Wacky, um, wacky inflatable yeah. arm yes. guys, yeah. If you listen, you can hear them. There they go. There they go. <laughs> 
It's a beautiful sound. My mom said she wants to have one of those at her funeral. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. To point Respect. people to the venue. Does she want it like, like a that. jet black one? Like in no, morning? No, she didn't like a sad specify. One? I a think sad she one. just wants one to point people to her funeral. Also, a sad one is just one that's not inflated, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just one that is laying. Yeah. You could do one with it kind of as like puffs. So it sort of like flails and flops and like someone like uh, wailing yeah. and mourning. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Save that for your independent film. <laughs> I want one just in case, like, so I can know when an alien gets close. Oh, nope is so good. Yeah. Oh. It's so yeah. good. I had, a, I had a full moment of being like, what the fuck <laughs> do you mean? Kiki Palmer. <laughs> Kiki. <laughs> um, but on this Fireside episode, it's just completely on the rails. We're mm-hmm. going to answer all of the questions that you asked us. All of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Uh, well, uh, actually, for, first of all, how we doing, gang? How hey, are we doing? Yeah. Hey, how are we doing? After our first arc, um, and actually we have completed the second arc and are planning on our third but now that we've actually heard because we don't hear all of the episodes much more than maybe a day before seconds yeah a day two seconds before you all get it and uh it's our first time sometimes hearing the full mix and the sounds and the songs um now that we've heard and revisited Umora and these characters in our first arc. How we how we feeling, Abria? I just I'm so deeply in love with this world and like our little troika of troublemakers and the ways in which it doesn't quite feel right to call them a party yet, but there are people that are like tied together by something that and they're like discovering what they love and who they are to each other and to the world in real time. It's just such a beautiful way to start a story that feels like we're going to be here and we're going to see so much from these people. So like, let's see a good and uh, exciting beginning. I'm just feeling really grateful. and I think you guys are just the absolute best. Oh, here's a really good question um, from Zach Turner. Thank you so much, Zach. What is your favorite moment of someone else's from arc one? Ooh. Uh, ooh. Uh, they provided, uh, he provided examples. Example, Abria, what's your favorite Lou moment? Oh my gosh. Well, it feels really easy to say that the level up God. of mm-hmm. like Ursulon embracing himself and his power and like the thing that he knows in his heart that he has to do. It was just, it was just the coolest thing. Yeah. And I think I was actually like a little misty in the studio. Like, please, just this is so good. And it was so powerful. And uh, to praise Lou specifically, uh, Jonathan, please pass this on. Of course. I Thank ever, hey, I take copious notes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I just, there's just a moment after everything begins with his level up where you hear what, this deeply internal character, like what all of this means to him. And it's just one of my favorite like monologues I've ever heard in a story period, not actual play or narrative play. It was just gorgeous. Wow. I can't wait to tell Lou that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And Mr. Venus, did you, you got a chance to listen. Oh, I've li- I'm, uh, I'm, I'm by the fireside. I listen to every episode. Aww. I'm all the way in. Lovely. Um, so uh, how are you feeling about the conclusion of this arc? Good. Uh, I think. It, I think this. I mean, it was. I. You. I. You. It's a. Uh, it's one of those things where when you start something, you can't. You can have a bunch of thoughts about what it'll be, and you can have a bunch of thoughts about what it'll feel like. And I think when it it asks as much of you, and you are excited to give as much of yourself, and the people who are participating in it are excited to give as much of themselves as was given in this space in this setting i i i think it like really went above and beyond in terms of like depth and breadth uh from like what i I ever expected this to be i think it was way you know i think there's a big part of me that's like i thought we were just gonna play D &D." and we (laughs) did we did something else (laughs) like just just undeniably we did something just uh, uh that i don't have a precedent for in my head okay. i don't i never uh, you know 14 episodes in it's like 
I'm sorry, this is how we start? Yeah. It took us 14 episodes to get to level one. I mean, <laughs> that alone. Uh, you know, I think there's just so much, there's so much here um, that I can't, uh, I can't wait to uh, continue to dig into. Hey, or go ahead. I was going to say, and arc two feels like, that's the funny thing is we're doing this arc one wrap on wrap up with the second chapter right around the corner. And we know the exponential <laughs> amount of how the world grows and expands. Yes. So it's like, you did that. oh yeah, it's like a whole, we, we, we go full Tesseract. Yes. <laughs> Four dimensional cube, baby, let's go. What, and I think, uh, just to throw it back to you, Abria, real quick. When I think one of those moments, those touchstone moments, when I realized how deep we were going to go, is when you killed Captain Emless. <laughs> I think it's to the. It's like there was a a full, like uh, I don't know. We like had the campaign had been so fun and at times like sad, but then everyone was supported, and that was just a cutthroat dirty nasty moment <laughs> that was like oh okay so we're in the mud like there's no we are we are not afraid to have our characters be to experience everything and i think brendan has said it many times like it's we're not afraid to like do something nasty and then figure out how we're going to clean it up and put it all back together <laughs> ham how are we going to clean up all this ham exactly uh, bit janitor help help <laughs> there you go the bit janitor is something that you can find on our Patreon. <laughs> oh. Now we check the box. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brennan, there are a lot of questions here for you, um, including from May. Uh, what were your favorite things to plan for in this arc? Because Lou is talking about how we planned for things and how man plans and God laughs. So... And you're in many worlds, Umora's God. Yeah. <laughs> what made you laugh? Yeah. What did you? Yeah. What made you? What were you excited to plan? And then what well, were you excited to laugh at? I don't know. I don't know if that expression means that God is the man <laughs> laughing at his own plants, where he's like, God, you're crazy for this. One. God, you're wild. Damn, God. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's very funny. They can only see a little bit of the light. Um. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give the rest of the spectrum to shrimp. Shrimp. You go. Shrimp. That's how God says shrimp. Um, yeah. Shrimp. Shrimp. Um, God in his, in, in, his, in his infiniteness. Shrimp. Do crawdaddies also? No. Dang, y'all. I'm he that's all I am. No. Look at that. We made God Creole. Uh, all this and more. You know, when there was only one set of footprints, that's because I got in my fan boat. Um, oh, my God. Bye, you Christ. Bye, you Christ. Now, now listen here, Shaq. The father, the son, and a big plate of gumbo. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I just now I'm on this. This is just. This. I mean, that's you get. Uh, tell you it, when you find a lane, when you find a lane so beautiful, <laughs> it's it's the it's the clarity of it, right? It's just like by you Christ is like oh, there you go, there you go. That's what the BC in dates means. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I immediately just started thinking about okay, so. Twenty-five by you, Christ. <laughs> Twenty-five by you, Christ. Uh, well, gang, laissez le bon temps rouler. Hey, uh, hey, now. Um, uh, my favorite thing to plan in arc one. Well, I think that there is a the coming together of the group at. Ursulon's uh, <laughs> fair. Don't start this because we will fight again. It's, the, it's, the, <laughs> it's funny. It was going to be funny. funny. <laughs> when we oh talked God. about it in the supermarket at our first camp, it was going to be funny. Uh, it's, this, is a, this is an amazing part of the process where it really is like, I, like to discover after the fact that you were like, this is going to be hilarious. When you pitched the character, I was like, wow, the most tragic man of all. We're just, this is, we're now rehashing things. Now you're watching a married couple fight yet again. <laughs> I you paid five dollars for it. I didn't and daddy the and daddy. Are, the daddy and daddy are fighting at the table. Uh, well, um, someone think of us. 
Uh, well, I think the thing to the the favorite part of sort of my favorite thing to plan is probably number one, knowing that we were going to see our three heroes in their disparate worlds and watching them come back together and rejoin. That was very fun to plan. And then I think also a lot, basically, you know, chapter one is sort of going to be carved into two halves. The first half of which is an introduction, I think, to the deeply personal worlds of the main three characters. And then there's sort of the first place they adventure to, which is the second half of the camp of that chapter revolves around Port Talon. Planning Port Talon was very, very fun. And kind of being like, what is our landing pad for an area of the world that has witchcraft, wizardry, and the world of spirits commingling and touching, and then an indication of what normalcy is and also how things are changing. So you have Port Talon, you have Will Gallows, you have the, the crime, you have what's going on with the wizards and the Imperium, and then also seeing a world that exists in time. Uh, like, like there's, there's a... A world building thing that I love is always to come to a place where something is different than it used to be. I feel like you get more texture when you get to Port Talon with the wizard walls and the kudzu and the witch fires. Mm, yeah. And you go like, yeah, we're going through something right now. Like you didn't you didn't arrive in our neutral state. You can infer our neutral state by how we're reacting to the presence of something new. And I think it's also a good thing for PCs and storytelling in general for PCs to to. I think it feels a little bit weird when I'm playing a game and the world, especially when I'm playing a low level character, if the world is like, oh, my God, well, you're the biggest deal thing happening here. (laughs) It's like being at a party where everyone turns to look at you and you don't know anyone there. You're like, this is not a good feeling. I don't want the whole (laughs) I'm first level. I don't want the whole town to look at me. It should be normal for someone with a cloak to walk into a tavern. Please don't all stare at me. So the idea of getting to Port Talon and having big things happening with the Derrick in the harbor, the broken stone face, the Ace of Wands, Finley's shop, the witch fires. There's something that I think is what I look for in those fantasy worlds that was fun to plan for of you get to a place and you are the agency and the point of view rather than the focus of all these NPCs. You get to go exploring. It's not the setting exploring you. Uh, Everyone wasn't waiting for you to show up in town and go, oh, shit. Shit. (laughs) Wait, things could be different. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a lot in the formation of the world and the stories we wanted to tell about how do you prevent an adventuring party from feeling like colonizers. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much like to put a kind of fine point on it. Yeah, because the idea that you come in and suddenly you can be the hero yeah. that will save this town. Like, well, why wouldn't wouldn't they, the people who live here, know best? Yes. You know, and I think you did an incredible job of giving us each little anchor points that gave us either history in the town, like with Ursulon, or, you know, status in the town, like with Suvi, or just like a reason to be there and like a, a unique skill that is useful in ex- in just exactly this instant with Ame. Yeah. Mm. That's a very, like, just shout out to you. That's a really hard, like, needle to thread of having the world care a little bit that you're there. Like, it's important that this group was here at exactly this time. Like, the events unfolded the way they were because we were the exact, like, catalyst for a lot of things popping off. But, yeah, it's it's very hard to do. Like... It's it's easy to say this world exists for you and therefore will care about you above everything else. But to make a world that's like it, it, it's very much that feeling of like you arrive as an adventurer and the entire setting is just like, uh huh, you're here. Great. Uh, file in. We're, we're, we're doing shit like you're right. a part of what's happening. And we kind of do have steel as the universe telling us that of being like why did you go run off on your own like (laughs) this is a supremely stupid thing that you did like we you i told you like not to yeah just (laughs) truly being the voice of reason against adventuring in general the empire hates adventuring (laughs) 
Like, honestly, yeah. Steele hates that she's in a D&D game. And she that's does. the funniest thing in the world. That she's the only that one that sort of knows it sometimes. It's like, you know, <laughs> just sometimes I feel like people are acting in their own self-interest, not because they're selfish, but because they, 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 they <laughs> there's some sort of story they want to be telling. <laughs> yeah, there's well, I think that there's like. I, first of all, I deeply appreciate that. And I think, too, that there's something that I always um, think about of like the stories that really matter to me that are from this this fantasy kind of genre. It is that like there are elements of gaming that create the groove that the marble is supposed to go down. So you play a video game or you run a D&D module and there is a slot left for adventurers. Like here's a tavern that has a table open for people that we don't know who they are, but they're going to come in, they're going to be violent, they're going to have weapons, and they're going to have magic. And there's a problem that nobody here can solve and it's like no one's responsible for it no one's solving it but ambiguous x-shaped <laughs> strangers will show up and solve it and you can feel the absence of that but when you're consuming a story like a movie or a book or something like that there often the world is represented as like you know you, you watch uh, uh old like ghibli miyazaki things and it's like you know, before Sen shows up and spirited away, the bathhouse is working fine. She shows up and her problems are her own. And it's not, it's like, hey, you just fucked happens up. to be there. You happen to be there. So the idea of if you three were not there, what would have happened, right? Uh, uh, Mara would have Naram under the derrick. Orima would continue to try to break down the walls. The Empire would find out or not find out. Right. Like like Moro would get attention or not get attention yeah. or, you know, Naram also we discover has the ability to break out, but not without hurting the people of Port Talon. Yeah. And you like in all of this stuff, it's like if you don't arrive, it's like like something like there like the steam would break out of a valve, maybe maybe a year later or 10 years or something else, you know, like something would happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Arthur's moving out for sure. Arthur's Arthur. moving, Arthur's moving out. Ghost of Flicker stay chilling. Yeah. You know. Oh, Arthur's Arthur the innkeeper. I love him. I think he's doing great. I think the gold pieces were huge. And because yes. you one byproduct of the actions you took is that they don't have to put the witch fires back because Orima retreats because Naram is free, which means that they can reopen the gate and they those villages can, you know, there's a big public works project of getting mm -hmm. the kudzu out of those villages. And make rope. rope. <laughs> <laughs> make rope. Love you. Um, but I think that the um, looking at all of that, the world building there, it's like the Empire does its thing without you guys there. The spirits do their thing without you guys there. And from what we've seen of witches, you know, we have Ame, who basically the only like uh, like we see Grandmother Ren and it's like this one person who seems to be dedicated to almost like a form of heroism and interest like, like a sort of witchy form of it of like we speak for both worlds and we try to mediate and bridge the gap and so like you doing your thing is like going to the city and being like oh there's conflict here let's see if we can ameliorate it yeah um, it was beautiful I loved it so much it's just so fun because I think the the big power fantasy in D&D &D, for me and for all of us, you know, I mean, we're here to tell a story. We're here to sort of have fun with our friends, but it feels good to have agency in a world and to be able to affect it in positive ways and, and to feel that weight. Mm. And it's really hard to do that without being like, well, the, the world is the cent. You are the center of the world because then it, it just it it's a different power fantasy when it's that, yeah. I think. the There is that like and there's a lot of great tropes and genre things that do express the kind of like, oh, here's your connection to the core problem of the world and why you're supposed to solve it. And what I love about a lot of uh, the. the media that we used as the inspiration for this world and story is specifically that it can start reasonable and small where it's like, well, you solved the problem. Like, like you're saying, it's like, 
what was the problem that Ame was trying to solve? It's like you discovered that there was a problem with the spirit. You had the vision in front of the Ace of Wands. Something was wrong. There was you learned about Naram and Orima and Wavebreaker was the sword, and you found that in the library. And so you go, it's in other words, it's not like the fuck it, it's not like like the never-ending story where someone's like, the boy, the boy, <laughs> the boy to save our world. You're like, I'm the only witch I see here. And I yeah. and I found out that this is going on, so I guess it's on me. And every character had those moments of. For Suvi, it's very much like, like what was Suvi's? Suvi's arc was I needed to say goodbye to Grandmother Ren. When I got there, her passing had this incredible magic ramification. My method of communication broke. We needed to find this sword, and the first chance I get, I'm like finding these guild mages, and that could have been where I could have rested, <laughs> except that I saw a fucking wild one pinned to the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> no. and then my friends ran into the kudzu. <laughs> so it's like every fever. just like, can we just check things off on like a list? I feel like you're starting a new thing, but we haven't finished the other thing, and maybe this is. I think I need to go to therapy. <laughs> and then and then for Ursula too like the quest fever of it uh, all is fun to like to me there's something about the the idea of um telling an epic story like you know to I know I always go back to it but like Frodo is supposed to bring the ring to Rivendell I don't understand what you're saying <laughs> yeah. what is any of okay, these words Okay okay all right you've seen the first <laughs> Have two Have I Yes. I don't remember anymore. I love that Frodo's not a chosen one. Yeah. I love that yeah. Frodo is the ring. Your uncle found the ring and then he retired and left. And a wizard told you, hang on to this. I don't know exactly what it is. And then the fate of the world popped off. And it wasn't that you have the secret shard of whatever in your chest and you're the golden boy. It's just like, shit, man, it's you or it's nobody. Yeah. And I think that that is a beautiful thing that all of you have done expertly well of having heroics and not just choosing to do heroic things, but choosing to resist doing heroic <laughs> things, which has made this first arc so relatable and human and awesome. Thanks. Uh, what about you, Ame? Erica? <laughs> wow. Oh, Dang it. Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. I I mean, this character is something that has been knocking around in my head, I guess, and just sort of like percolating for so long, I think. Not specifically Ame and how she is, but just, I mean, the whole reason that Brennan, you know, built this class with uh, the designers and sort of collaborating I, was I kind of made a wish list of things that I wanted. And I at first I was like, I want to be able to do this. Oh, my God. Yeah. There was like the Scheherazade thing where I was like the idea of telling stories like and and that sort of like has a magical effect, maybe. Um, and then we thought that would be too self-congratulatory. <laughs> Unlike yeah. this podcast where we're talking about our storytelling. It's true. But uh, but, you know, the idea of a witch um Crafting and consequences is the thing that I always said um, that I have written in the front of my notebook. And um, I loved the idea because I love d and I've been playing it since I was 14, I want to say. And um, I have always wanted to play with a group that is just completely story forward and um, not about that sort of power fantasy because that's that's well and good and I love mm -hmm. home games with that but I wanted to tell this story where you know it's it's so easy to to become a murder hobo we, we talked about this in, in one episode about being a murder hobo and that's because you don't have an attachment to the world and you don't feel like there are consequences and um, you don't have to live with them and I think there are some other characters that have played in other worlds where having to balance all of those idea of consequences and care for community was like, well, that's a difficult thing. And that's something that I struggle with in real life. So what, how can I explore that? And it just was like, oh, witches, 
are about consequences. <laughs> you do not want to cross a witch. Otherwise, you will be cursed in uh, um, ironic and sometimes funny punishment uh, commensurate to your wrongdoing. Uh, and they are part of a community. And we said that witches don't, witches live in a little village, you know, and they're it's like, oh, the witch, she lives in that cottage and or she lives in that tower. And they have these what became sanctums. Mm-hmm. Um She's there and she's part of the community. Um, what would make that's why you don't see witches adventuring, really. They're not very mobile, most of them. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's very like, yeah, the sanctums thing is really fun. It was very fun to explain how witches are geared towards being an NPC class. Yeah. That you want to see them. They're not the like, and again, to me, adventure means the most in a world that's not. Uh, made for it it's the idea like like the greatest hero is the one that is not walking down the paved highway to adventure right it's like no this the brambles in this forest do not want me to venture here and yet here i venture um wait i want to answer zach's question because i have favorite moments for all of you i'll whip through it i'll whip through it really quick okay abria it's really it's really easy lightning fucking speed, heartbreaking, heart shattering. Uh, my dad. Yeah. My oh. dad was so, so good. Uh, uh, it's a, cause you, it, it was so fitting that it was one of Subi's last moments given where she starts in the preludes. Yeah. Because so much of the arc was this incredible lift from Abria of the kid we saw in the preludes and who exists, by the way, in the children's adventure, which we we have uh, an eight episode character creation uh, mini series that exists on the Patreon. So you can hear and we actually recorded it chronologically first. You can go hear us yeah. make up these characters oh. as little kids. Oh, um, I love them as kids so, so much. I still like think about like Tiny Soup. <laughs> so seeing Tiny Soup in the preludes and then seeing the person that f- fucking mercs Captain Emless and keeps the crew safe and scares off Adelaide and whips out the staff, calls to order, gets people into the chantry, finds you all safety, and that you know, gets the innkeeper. And then at the very end, it just ends on this very soft, like, who are you talking to? My dad. And it is heartbreak. It's Suvi, <laughs> yeah. adult Suvi doesn't show you that soft nougaty center a lot. And it's very meaningful in that moment that it came so quickly. That's the soft yeah. nougaty center. Soft yeah. something about it. Yeah. It's, I'm it's, a Milky Way. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Ursuline. Hilarious Carnival. What's that? Hilarious <laughs> Wait, you didn't like I finished that sentence. You're going to say hilarious. Hilarious Carnival. Yeah, the carnival where your dream of being a knight sees you opposite some actor playing a knight oh. while you play the monster while wearing your true form. See, but you're saying it in a way that's not <laughs> as hilarious as it could have been. Anyway, what were you going to say? <laughs> we'll fight about this off mic. The best part was, I think the reaction... Uh, that Ursuline had to seeing Ame and Suvi uh, was actually like Lou seeing Erica and Abrea be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was just one-to-one. Just like, is this your thing? Jesus. There's also a, that's actually also a brilliant move from Erica and Abrea as the two of them because there's there's a little like min-maxer brain where you know, you the part of you is like, oh, I know that if my character is judging Ursuline, because I'm also, I'm reading the story. Like, that's the weirdest thing about actual play, right? Yeah, God, yeah. All of us, we're all, just like you listening right now, every time we sit down to play, I'm excited to hear yeah. another chapter of my favorite story. God, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Just sit and listen to the rest of you guys. Oh. Yeah, it's just, I got the best oh. seat in the fucking house watching the three of you. So it's a uh, the, the but that moment where you could have because there's a part of you that goes, if I am judgmental of Ursula in this moment, it's gonna hurt him. But <laughs> then both of you go, no, no, this is what my character. <laughs> you set them it's up too. It's funny. absolutely <laughs> vicious. <laughs> it's you go. What does Ursuline see on Abe and uh, on Subi's faces? And then you pre- you both proceed to say the <laughs> most the worst possible scenario. Pity and contempt. Yeah, is it's that what you wanted? It's literally, it's like that's the two flavors of the yeah. energy drink of these two yeah, yeah. of the pity from the witch and contempt. The wizard is like, what the fuck is this? And, and the witch like, is like, oh no, oh no, you're being taken advantage of. <laughs> you're not big and strong. You're the victim. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god, hell, fucking hell, bottled concentrated hell. Oh, I think it was, and it was too. It was yeah. like we were supposed to be just watching, and you said if you had completed the rest of the play, it would be funny. But of course, we no. interrupted where like yeah. the kids are booing, like in a pantomime, the kids are booing Ursulan, and I was like, boo yourself. Yeah, you yell. Oh, a guy thinks you're heckling. He doesn't yeah. like understand the concept. Oh, the, the learned yokel. The learned yokel. Strongest NPC. Strongest NPC. We'll find that learned yokel. Yeah, yeah. That that's, he's coming back. He's that coming learned back. yokel like, is actually Arthur's nephew, and he yes. helps him run the end because there's so much Love business um, uh, my favorite Lou moment is post Derek my favorite Ursula moment was post Derek where Sufi has started to compartmentalize and rationalize mm. Ame has arrived at this is what's got to happen next and totally shocked me but but in the best way of shocking where I'm like oh that's inevitable right like yeah. a shock that you go of course uh, which was Ursuline being like, what the fuck can we do? Yeah. What can we God. do? And and seeing the difference that as different as Ame and Suvi are, each of them had the benefit of an institution. Ame's institution was a single grandma, yep. but what a grandma. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> a brick shit house. An absolute yeah. unit. The platonic <laughs> ideal of a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Suvi has the Citadel, the most institution y institution that ever institution has. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and you see Ursuline being like, that's the moment where all the things Ursuline has said, like they talk about yeah. show, don't tell. Yes. Right. Like we have the inferred characteristic that Ursuline's had a hard time. That's showing us that Ursuline had a hard time, Ooh. because if you've actually had a hard time, you don't go. Yeah, let's take a huge risk that we have no idea if we're even capable of. Well, and it's crazy because he even <laughs> says, like, I'm scared. I'm scared of losing the little bit of happiness that I have. <gasps> and that's the thing that in real life, nobody is willing to admit to themselves yeah. when they get angry. And and also the idea, too, of like, there's a certain moment where you're if you're if you're being heroic and you're you're like, wait, I, like we're talking about saving people from Godzilla. I'm one of the people running and screaming on the street. Like <laughs> I am very much the kind of people that need saving. Yeah. So this idea of like the life I've led and I've been like hiding in barns and fucking hedge mages are trying to run down and capture me and like, you know, Pete's dragon style, find out what of my organs are magical. Like this is a fucking nightmare out here. Like I don't want it. Like I need help. And the idea of yeah. that coming from someone who then has that moment under the Derek with the sword. God. Like that moment hits so much harder from a guy who said, I don't think I can do this. It's yeah. like, oof. Hey, that's because we got time, baby. You yeah, know? It's crazy. Time. Uh and then my Ame moment that I truly love so much uh is the entire scene with Orima in the chapel. Oh my god. Which I think is one of the most so expert, clever, like Every step on a two inch ledge, 40 stories up, choosing your words carefully without any hesitation, like because in that scene, I was trying as hard as I could to find a reason to come down like uh, like a ton of bricks. And really, as Brennan was like, if you say anything that provokes me or insults me, I am I'm like I'm like hanging by a thread and he gave me no surface there was no surface area i could touch it was a perfect nausicaa ghibli heroine fucking beat for beat scene of the kind of victory that you had said mattered to you in this story of we are going to avoid destruction understand everybody and the even the moment especially that moment where you're talking to her and you are like, I am here to represent you and help you. And I cannot abandon the people of Port Talon, who I also represent. And you're like, oh, that's the character. And you, yep. and you walking out of that being a true witch and no longer an apprentice was like that fucking is incredible. Also, everyone, Eric is crying and should because you fucking killed it. That was so great. Oh, so I good. I like storytelling so <laughs> much. It's just so fun and like cannot belabor this point enough 
that for five dollars a month, a weeping Patreon pitch, it never stops. Experience some of the magic that we talk about. I promise you, there is a visible tear oh, on yeah, Erica's yeah. face. I'm Erica. not fucking with you. It's it's not a bit. <laughs> for five dollars, you, you can see a bad yeah. picture of Erica crying. That I just <laughs> Oh, God, it's just such a privilege. Can I just say, too, the Fox was one of the Fox. God. One of the most surprising things. Originally, I thought that the Fox would be, you know, a silent, a silent familiar, you know, and that it was going to be like an excuse to talk out loud and I would be piloting him um, in combat and such. And instead, I... (laughs) He's the little guy of all fucking time. He's oh the little guy. Damn. I love him <laughs> so much. I love him so much. And it's so uncanny to me how, oh, Brennan, you just, you just play him. He's so perfect. Like, he's so perfect. Like, he's just a little guy and he cares so much, but he just doesn't understand. And also, originally, the like, original concept for Ame, too, was like, Oh, she's a trickster. Oh, she's fun. And you see that a little bit more in the kids campaign mm-hmm. because like immediately right off the bat, um, when you meet Ame, she Okay, calm has down, Cochrane. <laughs> uh okay. Well, like <laughs> ten minutes after you meet Ame, <laughs> she has she is burdened with great responsibility and having to like show up. Yeah. But uh, you know, in the children's adventure you see like how sort of wild and mischievous she is we were we were like oh well we need we need that to counteract the sad boy like, Damn, the fox yeah. exists just for you yeah well, no it was originally supposed to be ame but then like ame in some ways the fox coming in and being the mischief of ame um was incredible because sometimes the fox will say things where it's like oh i mean even the part in port talon where the fox runs away because that's what ame wanted to do yeah mm-hmm. um the fox is we we said which is familiars turns out are the thing that they need to work on. <laughs> yeah, well, it it feels like there's something sort of fascinating about the idea of, like, I knew that I wanted witches familiars to be more than like you have a mechanical animal that helps you, yeah. right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, hey, check it out! I have a help action with two hits. <laughs> right. You know, like. I didn't want that. Like, to me, the idea of, like, what is the actual narrative of this in the world? And my favorite types of familiars have been those that have a very delineated relationship where, for example, like, in in his Dark Materials, it's literally, like, understood that the demons Damn, are, yeah. are your soul. That's, yeah. That is your soul. And it takes a certain form. Like, after you hit puberty, you it fixes in a, in a static form. There's something about witches familiars in this world as an element of your personality that you put into an external thing based on some kind of relationship. It's like a type of compartmentalization, almost like a hand. You're carrying too many bags and you're like, here, you carry this. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're like, you're like, I don't because, you know, Ame is the little girl who put be kind on her wall. And so it feels like there's a, a mission. She like her version of, like Ursuline's quest or like Suvi's Citadel legacy, like her parents, is this little thing of be kind on the wall. And that's what Ame has sort of given herself. And it feels like Witch's whole deal is this liminal space being between two worlds. So you're like, I am going to take be kind onto myself. And that's my project. And here's this other thing that I'm giving away to make room for be kind. And the fox... <laughs> And the fox is going to carry all of the mischief, which is a cool way of thinking of like a a dual purpose soul of the relationship you have to your familiar. And it begs the question, what the fuck was Taro? And the idea of like Uh, grandmother and like mischief and her playfulness. Yeah. Like the things she had to put away when she's so many things for so many people and stressed so thin. And that's why Taro like runs around and lets us try to catch him and then shows up somewhere else and fucks up like fucks around with Ame in the morning. Like, he's all the ways in which. Like Grandmother Ren, which wished she could be more playful with Ami. Yeah. And it's just so sweet. Ah! Ah! So good. Ah! <laughs> I love it. Fucking I love it. Woo! It's important to have a nemesis. Oh my God. It's just so important to have a nemesis. <laughs> so cute. The kids 
say things. The kids say things. So cute. Just a shout out to the children's adventure because it becomes this beautiful well of like, here's a thing that I can reference in my character later that like people can point at. That's like, uh oh, this is a thing that like stuck a little too hard. Like, did Suvi remember it's important to have a nemesis a little too hard for the rest of her life? That's a thing we might find out later and be like, I learned a lesson and I don't remember where I learned it, but I'm just walking around with a paradigm in my head that I don't ha- remember how I got. Oh, my God. Right. Of the, of the, you know, we if you cry, you know, you uh, it, it'll. What was it? Uh, what was it? When... Oh, uh, if you're good, the adults will treat you more kindly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But there's also oh. from like. When she's crying with Ursulan and and Grandma Grandma Ryan is like, oh, don't don't you you could you shouldn't cry on him or something. You're oh. Like, oh, yeah. Was that wa- like was that like a not trying to wash you? I don't remember that. I that I also yeah. I feel like I have There's something thoughts. <laughs> well, like I rem- I have, like I have a memory of that moment. Don't cry on Ursulan. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, yeah. I'm sorry. Don't get eye stuff on you. I don't know why. Maybe you'll die. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Somebody will, somebody will let us know. <laughs> but uh, in any event, yeah, uh, there's still so many so more many questions. questions. So many more questions to to respond to. We don't necessarily all have, have all the time for uh What are we looking forward to in R2? Without giving anything away, what are we looking forward to for our characters or for the world or for, you know, what are our hopes and dreams for the future? I just don't want anything bad to happen to Suvi ever again. Oh. Yeah, I think we, I'm hoping we kind of wrap this all up in arc two, you know? Oh, yeah. Like yeah, everyone yeah. just gets like a, a, a like a two bedroom condo. <laughs> yeah. Like a fun dog and, or, a, you know, obviously <laughs> already got the fox and, we, got a cool and like dog. a middle class yeah. job and we just, yeah. we all just kind of Everybody make all. It. I yeah. still want a hundred more episodes, but I want them to be. Utterly conflict free. Yeah, <laughs> we. Ever, that's the funniest thing. I, honestly, you and the whole internet. You yeah, know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just all of this is my comfort there. media. All Please of, do not challenge. Yeah, Wizard, the Witch, of the Wild One, the farming sim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to be out here mining bells or whatever the hell you people do. <laughs> I'm clicking cookies, bitch. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I'm clicking cookies. Right. I am right. clicking septendecillion cookies right now. Are you still doing it? God. Let me just open up. No. <laughs> septendecillion. That's very fun. Hold on. Right now, I am currently baking mm. uh, 22.991 decillion cookies per second. That's very fun. That's very fun. I never got a cookie clicker. Uh, Adventure Capitalist was always mine. Adventure Capitalist? Yeah, it's just lemonades. It's the same thing, but dollars. And you're just clicking, and then you buy things that make more money, mm. and then you like reset it just feels good to watch a thing happen yeah and you're like i'm a part of that kind of run around in ghost of tsushima like sometimes if there's a thing that needs doing i'll do it but (laughs) mostly just me running through fields yeah just vibes yeah just Just vibes vibes. blood moon cooking sim yeah zelda experience yeah that was that yeah i I spent like 40 hours cooking anyway anyway (laughs) like i uh, actually this does bring me to the point of like it is nice just to have cozy moments and i think that's thing a thing that i enjoy the most in this and look forward I, i do look forward to in the future like the little moments you know yeah uh, all, all of the burning questions we have about <laughs> about the curse on Ame and on uh, about you know Suvi's parents and about will Ursula never get uh, a chance to return home? Oh, um, will the Fox get a good rubbish heap? Uh, all these good questions, but then also it's just the little moments like uh, of like a little like guess sleeping on the potatoes. Oh, sorry, guys. Like folding laundry in the in the little peasant's cottage. I like that part. <laughs> I'm just better with the task. God, <laughs> uh, I have a question I want to pose here. So we were talking a little bit about the children's adventure, um, uh, which again, uh, <laughs> I know. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Jules asks. Thanks, Jules, for the question. Um, if the young versions of our heroes from the children's of the adventure met their adult selves at the end of chapter one, what would they think of them? <laughs> Someone else go first. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, I mean, Ursuline, I think, would be... Uh, I mean, now, at the end of chapter one, at the 
end, right? Yeah. With Wavebreaker, with his friends. I mean, I think that there's a lot that young Ursulon would admire about current Ursulon. Uh, I I do think mine would be mostly positive. Like there is something to. I mean, I'm not a knight. I'm I don't have a horse. I'm not Sir Curran, but I have a sick sword, and I'm still with my best friends. Oh. So I do think young Ursulon would be like. Pretty tight, dude. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. Love that. I love uh, that. Yeah, I also think Ursuline has pretty low expectations. I guess maybe Damn. if anything, there's like, whoa, we're still here. <laughs> maybe there's a little bit of that. Yikes. But I think like ex- coming to accept that we are still here, then it's like, oh, okay. Well, we have a sword. We're with our friends. Not bad. I think this question would be, yeah, this is the the operative point here is comparing like the children's adventure or like as jules the the, the way the question is actually worded at the end of arc one yeah the like, end of arc one, beginning yeah. of arc one Woo! Woo! <laughs> i mean he'd think he's hilarious <laughs> that performance is incredible it's funny, <laughs> it's funny. funny. <laughs> um i think ame little ame and uh ame currently are just would just be two absolute uh, firecrackers. Like it would be bad and explosive. Like they, they would cause so much mayhem. Like if if little Ame had the fox, like I just <laughs> like can you imagine? Because oh little Ame has the time and the uh, wherewithal to have as much mischief in her body as the fox has. And so if the two of them get together. Oh, double barrel shenanigans. Yeah. And then, um, because like you still see it in arc one, even at, especially, well, arc one. <laughs> yeah. At the end, she's like, oh no, I'm asleep. That's really funny. Oh, That's God. actually really Damn, funny. Wake oh, up, Ame. Yeah. Ame, I'm trying to see what's going on. Oh, God. Okay. You go next. <laughs> That's really funny. I'm, I'll throw, I'll throw, so this is like yeah. my, my little, like, uh, uh, Ooh, get in my, my, this, this is me like doing my like like uh, I'm trying to insight check your guys' characters. <laughs> I think Ursulon meeting end of arc Ursulon exactly as Lou described it. I think little Ursulon meeting beginning of arc Ursulon <gasps> really rough for little Ursulon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, terrifying. Terrifying. Oh. I think. Ame beginning or end of uh, no not end she is asleep <laughs> well, like yeah. end or beginning of arc one uh, Ame I think is rough for adult Ame I think that I think adult Ame oh shit is because I think I think looking and seeing precocious firecracker little like yeah I'm running around I made a friend here we go we're yeah, going to the woods and then you have adult Ame that's like. I'm taking care of the world. Like, <laughs> I think, I think there's a, I think it's true. It's true. I was, yeah, that's true because I feel like little Ame would be like, oh my god, we're taking care of the whole world. We're a full witch. Like we've got a little fox guy and he's the best, and we eat raw fish together. Like, we'd just be very cute. Yeah. But yeah, adult Ame uh, is like, damn. Why can't I go run around in the woods with those two? But also, yeah. like, what yeah. a little, what a traumatized yeah. little girl. Like, yeah, oh, and I think, no. like, I think looking and being like, oh, this kid, I don't know, like, the idea of, like, looking back at your past self and and being like, hey, there are some haymakers on your way. Look, look out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, ah, some stuff's coming. Like, that idea of, of oh, yeah. 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 Well, what about for what, Suvi? What uh, I like this pointing in both directions. I think little CV looks at adult CV, uh, learns in that moment, hey, your parents died, the Citadel and Steel raise you. Uh, it, you found your friends again and they mm-hmm. led you in an adventure that's leading to your court martial. Uh, you're going back under bad terms. I think little Suvi would be like, this all went wrong and that's crazy. Uh, and then I think adult CV would look back at little CV and go, I do not recognize you. I think there's something really important in the things you have to put away in order to be who you need to be. And she'd be like, that's just a small child. Like, I I think she would treat that the same way you meet, like, your cousin's kid that you're like, I guess I know you. We have a passing resemblance, but I don't feel anything. Uh, 
uh, important about that. Yeah. Got him. Dude. Got him. Got him. Hey, Lou, is that funny or sad? Now that's hilarious. <laughs> Capital H hilarious. I'm glad the spirit of Lou has possessed. Uh, that's a full friend, Jonathan. Also, yeah. I am. My name is Jonathan Venus. I'll respond to Lou to keep up with everything. Gosh, you just, I, that's yeah. okay. It's I understand. Acting. Yes. I understand. Acting. I don't want to ruin the flow. So, you know. Oh, sorry, Mr. Yeah. Venus. Yeah. Again, you can call me John. Uh, John. What about Johnny? Um, about JB? Absolutely fucking not. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I think we gotta wrap it up. Right no! now, but uh, wait, there's one question that we really got. I would really feel sorry if we did. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one's from Ogre Salad. Thank you. <laughs> I was gonna, that's what yeah. that was. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go for it. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I want to hear you say it. Uh, Ogre Salad asks. Thank you, Ogre Salad. So far in all of Arc One, which character or NPC canonically has the juiciest dumper, the fattest booty, the widest trunk, which may or may not be full of junk? Incredible. I was I here's the thing. So so which character or NPC canonically has the juiciest dumper? Do you I know who it is. Do you it guys know? Do you actually moral. you it's it's moral. Moral. It's is moral. it actually <laughs> obviously 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 who has the juiciest dumper? Moro wearing robes you can see Mar- it from the front. Double <laughs> fucking caked <laughs> up. Fuck? Yeah. Just fucking on, just on it. the side. It's like Bro, when Moro bops up and down with excitement, you're just here. <laughs> oh my god it's great <laughs> now I feel like go now that you've gotten here before arc 2 comes out go home go home re-listen to the Morrow episodes yeah. and just listen because Taylor has they're in there Taylor put those little claps in there I, you just missed it yeah 100% 100% wait why is the answer not like human glamour Naram because he hates us. Yeah, it's because fucked he, up. It's fucked up. Because he is against the monster fucker hate agenda. It. Wait, who are the top three dumpers? Yeah, top three yeah, dumpers. Top three. Also, I fucking hate the word dumpers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do too. What uh, What are the top three bootes? Bootes. Top three bootes that we've seen thus far. Yeah. The, okay. We haven't seen them. Okay. We haven't yeah. seen, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not going to. We what? haven't seen clocked, them. Clocked. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Top three, Moro number one. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Steel's tight. She keeps it tight. I don't know how caked up we are in this citadel. Yeah, I think she's just got a good, sh- a well-shaped yeah. ass. But not a, she could, like, not a, yeah. not a bootay. Them. No, it's not a bootay. Yeah, yeah. It's not a Bounce a mark no, It's not a bootay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say Moro number one. Mm. Number two... Gotcha. Willie Gallows, Willie Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Gallows is a sickly. See, now I'm actually, now I'm really, I'm like spinning yeah, out, actually... putting too much thought into it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> here's, the, here's the here's the top, uh, here are the top four. Oh, and okay. I'm going to let you put them in. In our order, in, got it. In the okay. order you want. But yes. unequivocally, number one is Morrow. Morrow, yeah. Morrow sure. is number one. So basically, here we're going, we're going two, three, four. Yes. <laughs> and it is, uh, it is Galani. Oh! Oh! I think so. I think it goes like okay. this. I think it's um, Galani, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think uh, up there is also uh, the mustachioed bartender from the Ace yes! of Wow. Yes! He's got, ass. I, he's got ass. Wow. Uh, and then I think uh, uh, Stealth, Stealth, Arlie Price. Now, if I could just make a quick, brief request yeah. for anyone who's an animator out there <laughs> if you could draw Morrow or animate Morrow just twerking on top of the Derek, yes, that nothing I'd, I don't think anything would make me happier. 100%. <laughs> just a full, like, you know. Feet on the wall, just twerk over, <laughs> yeah, over Naram trapped below. Exactly, yeah. that's all I want. <laughs> yes, Wiz- all wizards do that. It's our excessive di- display. We're just like, yeah, this is how you establish do- dominance. Exactly. Yes. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> that that so that good. really threw me off. I really had never thought about Morrow's but I did. I think that there's a thing where people go like because the, because the the question presupposes. Yeah. This like, oh, who's got a who's got the thickest rear end? And you're thinking of attractiveness, but it's like, well, if you're compartmentalizing to these individual body like you don't conceptualize of Moro as an attractive character. Mm. But that's not the question. The question you you pinpointed it and 
it's a roll of the dice and Morrow is he's yeah. got some shorts that say juicy on the back. Let's fucking go. It must be your ass because it's not your face. There it is. Uh, Brennan, who's got the biggest ass? The juiciest dumper. The juiciest dumper. <laughs> in Arc 2. In Arc 2. Okay, little, little, this is a little flash Look, forward. This wow. Is a little, yeah. This, oh, this is the best The slimmest tease. <laughs> I will, nobody talk about what they're excited about in Arc 2, but who's got a yeah. good ass? Yeah. In Arc 2. Oh, oh, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> really? Uh, Mr. Rakamanti. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Rosario yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait for you all to, to meet oh that ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, everybody, for yes. this and more asses, <laughs> please continue to listen to Worlds Beyond Number or join us on the fireside. Uh, this, ugh, thank you. I love you all so much. And uh, folks at the table, an absolute Honor, an absolute honor. I'm Erica Ishii. Crackle, crackle, and a hoo hoo. Hey, it's your boy JV. It's been a pleasure <laughs> meeting you guys on the public. I hope to see more of you by the fireside. Crackle, crackle. Is that what we yes. said? Yeah, that's crackle, crackle. Okay, crackle, crackle, crackle yeah. and a hoo hoo. <laughs> I'm a Brie Iyengar. This is just my favorite thing in the whole world. Thank you all so much. Crackle, crackle. Uh, hey, it's Brennan. Uh, what a joy, an honor, and a privilege to be by the fireside with you all. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for uh, enjoying the pod. And uh, coming up very shortly, chapter two of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One, only here on Worlds Beyond Number. Crackle, crackle, hoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs>